and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here, and joining me once again is Matthew Day Gillett. G'day, Matt. What's cracking? Yeah, not much, man. Um, I've done a little bit of riding this week, which is um, yeah something a bit special and something to talk about, I guess. Uh, you what's cracking out your word? I know I have. It's not even my bike. Well, I did ride my bike briefly, but um, yeah, I've been riding something else, which we can crack into in a little bit. Uh, how about uh, yourself? It's been very damp around the Wellington region. Uh, I got a clear weekend, which I got out on my uh, new uh, loan bike as well. So we'll talk about that this podcast as well. Uh, we've got a new Cardo out as well this week. A big announcement from Team Cardo. And I got some new gear. So it's going to be a bit of a talk fest, I think, this episode, man. A nice bit of discussion, a bit of a catch up, because we haven't had enough of those lately. No, no, and, and, and we got some good feedback from last week's episode too, uh, lots of people are enjoying the fact that you're back on the podcast, oh, that's uh, nice. and <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly, Sounds uh, good. it feels like old times one person said. <laughs> well hopefully we can continue it on and make it a regular feature, so long as the small humans play ball. Let's kick things off with something that doesn't feel like old times. You've been riding a lone bike, a test bike, a bike that up until about three months ago, I didn't even know the manufacturer existed. Yes, same thing. Same thing here, man. Um, yeah, I've got the Moto Marini X-Cape in the garage at the moment. Well, I say the garage, it's in the rumpus room sitting right next to me. Um, yeah, it's quite um, an interesting and surprising little package. Uh, so... First things first, it's a lambs bike. It's brought in only as uh, lamb spec, which I believe is 49 horsepower or thereabouts, uh, powered by a CF Moto um, supplied uh, 649cc parallel twin, and um, very Italian in its styling. And it keeps surprising me. I've literally just picked up the owner's manual and learned two very important things. Uh, one, the ABS is in fact switchable, though I couldn't work it out while I was actually in the dirt the other day in the pouring rain. Uh, and also the um, fork has preload compression and rebound dampening, um, which I didn't quite initially realise. So um, yeah, it's full of surprises, this bike. Cool. So uh, talk us through it. Engine size, um, what's the purpose of it? Is it a, is it a Tenere 700? Is it a KTM? 890 Adventure R, or is it a V-Strom? You know, break it down yeah, for us. Alright, so, yeah, like I said before, 649cc parallel twin, uh, lambs approved, and it says on the side of it, I'm pretty sure, I uh, can't see its bum from here, uh, Adventure Tourer, so it's definitely more that V-Strom-ish kind of bike. Um, ground clearance is actually very similar to a V-Strom, it's 175mm off the top of my head. Um, so you don't have huge amounts of ground clearance, you're not going to be scaling through rock gardens and bombing over jumps and stuff, um, that's not really what this bike's all about, this bike's about all roads travel. Um, out of the box it um, doesn't come with um, crash protection or a skid plate, though those are additional extras you can get um, when you buy the bike, which I would highly recommend. Um, and yeah it's actually quite quite a nice place to be it's got a huge tft screen seven inches this tft is it's massive um but very easy to read um and when you change it into the off-road mode it changes the taco into this really cool sort of knobbly tire um which changes color as you get up into the rev range it's um it's quite cool uh pricing starts at 12 $1,990 and tops out at well we won't go to top out sort of it's three stages this bike's pricing is your base model which has alloy wheels at $12,990 for the mid spec bike which comes with black spoke wheels and then if you want bling and gold wheels to annoy your missus which is exactly what bling and gold wheels do in my house uh, you're paying $13,790 um, and then on top of that, uh, you pay an extra few hundred dollars for crash bars. Um, it's a couple of grand for the factory luggage, but it is a top case and hard panniers uh, on um, their own sort of luggage racks. Um, and yeah, it's um, been quite a surprise. Um, first impressions where it was a bit doughy, um, but I think that's the lamb's tune. Um, so it's sort of there's not really a lot happening below 5500 rpm like it gets up and goes it's really deceptive but it doesn't sort of 
pull you it's sort of really mellow then you get to that 5500 rpm mark and then it starts to pull um which uh was quite entertaining when i had the only dry day forecast for the 10 days i've got the bike yesterday um i went out and played on some twisty roads and it was quite fun um yeah there's quite a lot to like there are a few cons i've discovered um at least sort of from my point of view so it's got this awesome italian styling but there is a lot of plastic involved um so you definitely want to get the crash bars or bumper bars they call them um just to try and protect those if you drop it because i imagine if you even dropped it in the driveway you're going to do some serious damage to those plastics um and i found i've ridden it with both my peaked adventure helmet and my regular hjc i70 is that what it is can't remember can't see yeah i70 yeah um and yeah with the peaked adventure helmet the way um it's got an adjustable windscreen which is really awesome straight out the gate um but i didn't matter what position i had it in i was just getting buffeting on the peak of my helmet and it was actually making my teeth chatter <laughs> um, but i had no tr i had no troubles at all with my regular with my hjc but the adventure helmet with the peak it was just getting that turbulence right in the wrong spot um but they do a touring screen as an optional extra as well which i'd probably imagine would fix that issue um it's it's proven to be quite cool so i, I picked it up from auckland um and it was raining as it always seems to be when i pick up a test bike um and i rode it straight down to mount Parongia, um, which you've ridden on the gravel road that runs alongside the mountain on the way to kafia um and went for a play there um at that point i didn't know the abs was switchable it's it doesn't have its own button you have to go into the off-road mode then have the off-road mode highlighted on the tft hold down the set button um for a few seconds and then it will bring up the option to turn the abs off which is a bit of faffing around but it's nice that you can do it i initially thought it was sort of like the new klr where you couldn't switch the abs off um but i didn't have any real dramas with the abs and the gravel like you sort of just adjust um the only time i locked the brakes and nearly dropped it was when i was trying to take photos yesterday um and i hit some very thick undergrowth and um it yeah tried to topple um but yeah it's it's proven to be quite a quite a surprise and quite a pleasant surprise uh, it's definitely not junk what else do you want to know about it man because you can't actually see it should i turn my camera on so you can actually see it a little bit maybe i've i've seen your video actually up at um on throttle.co.nz and the youtubes um a couple of questions uh around it the moto marini x cape um firstly what is it about the gold wheels that your wife doesn't like she hates gold wheels and this goes way back to the subaru days um when she saw her first wrx sti and she has absolutely loathed gold wheels ever since she first laid out it was on one of those doesn't matter what they're on now she just hates gold wheels um which yeah like looking at this bike it's the anth anthracite gray color um it's a nice sort of combo i think um but i wouldn't like i wouldn't be crying if i couldn't afford the extra couple of hundred dollars to go for the gold wheels like i'm sure the black wheels are just fine um the black wheels are they cast or are they still spoky dokies uh so you got the spoky dokies so um like i said before three three stages of pricing base price which is 12.990 gets you alloy wheels which i believe are black then you get black spokes um is the mid-range price which is 13.590 and then 13.790 gets you the gold um, so i really should have been listening to you first your, your initial presentation then shouldn't you, i yeah you shouldn't have been fiddling with that little blue dotted thingy that you had with your hoodie um oh, that's but, me microphone man well that's a bit of a funny looking microphone it's not a big buffy <laughs> unit like you normally speaking into uh what else do you oh, want to know see, um I, I could go into the 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 here's me here's me big mic i could go into the ins and outs of what's happening in my garage but um that would bore the listeners to tears um okay so there are crash bars and and, and a touring screen and stuff all available what um what kind of situation are we in for the aftermarket scene is there much of one at this stage there's a small one but since the bike only came out last year it's not particularly developed so i think that's probably one of the big 
things against this versus going for something that's been around for ever, like a V-Strom, is there's not a huge aftermarket following. But there are aftermarket skid plates I've seen, and I've seen some luggage options, but not too much. But essentially, you get your your factory stuff, and you're away laughing. Okay. So it comes in that grey colour that you've been testing. I've seen um, on Instagram, Stephen... Uh, the the guy, the brand manager for the importer of Moto Marini, um, he was out testing a white one, which I thought looked quite good. And I, I'm starting to wonder if it's, it's because I mentioned last week that I liked the Sportster S in white that you had over the <laughs> black one. I'm starting to wonder if it's just a thing that I'm going through that I like white bikes. Hey, if I've got the choice, I'll have a white bike. Like I, I really like the idea of a white bike. It's the opposite of what everyone's standard goes for. Um, but then again, like there's the three options we've got. So there's the white one, which I believe actually Jock may be testing um, as well um, for the magazine. So um, keep an eye out for that because I'm sure the photos that Jeff and Jock take will be a lot more exciting than what I've done. Um, but yeah, I think the red's probably the colour to go for, the one that's in all the press imagery. Um, I just think it's the red's where it's at. It's Italian. It's it's what red red-blooded bikes adventure bikes are meant to look like um, do you not think there's there's too many red bikes i mean as you say anything italian is probably coming in red i find i feel like it's a little bit um it's a little bit africa twin honda wannabe in red that's why i was leaning towards uh, the white see i don't get well, i suppose i just don't sort of think that way um, I just look at it and go, that's a nice colour. Um, for me, it's what makes the, the front end of the bike look the best. And it's definitely a shootout between the white and the red. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the grey, sort of. It reminds me too much of Dad's bike, Humpty Dumpty. Um, but, um, yeah, it's. I think the red probably looks the best. The front fairing is very flat in person. Um, almost sort of Yamaha Tracer 9-ish. Um, but it's got this sort of triangular little area at the front that comes down below the screen. And it, I don't know, in grey it just doesn't really do it for me. But in red it's not quite as noticeable um, as like this whole extra feature. It sort of blends in a bit better. Um, but that's just my opinion and you know what they say about opinions. Mm, mm, mm. Um, okay, so Moto Marini. What do we know about Moto Marini? Are they? Do they make them themselves? Are they? Are they uh, one of these companies that outsource everything to China or? or um, yeah. Or so um, what's the story? Bit, a bit of that. So it's um, an Italian company, an Italian um, design and everything, but made in China. So, um, like I said, beginning, it's a CF Moto engine. Um, so that's the one you see in the CF Moto 650s. Um, believe that is in turn derived from a Kawasaki 650 engine, um, but um, don't quote me on that. That's just sort of a rumor I've heard. Um, but yeah, so it's sort of assembled in China. There are, of course, like sort of things that sort of give that away, like the price point being one. Um, like it's a brand new bike with a TFT screen, fully adjustable suspension and um, yeah, fully adjustable suspension, spoked wheels for under 14 grand um, where five-year-old design Suzuki is 15. Um, so yeah, there's a few things like that. There are a couple of little niggly bits like the plastic doesn't feel like the sturdiest for an adventure bike. It feels very sort that of said, thin. you did say that about the KLR as well. Yeah, the KLR I think is designed, um, like it's got the two different types of plastic in it. So sort of you've got the really rugged plastic up front on the main fairing and then you've got the sacrificial bits, which are softer, flimsier plastic at the rear, where this is all just kind of, it feels like rather thin, almost brittle feeling plastic but i'm not going to try and break it to find out exactly what it's like but that's the vibe i get from it it doesn't seem like it's going to be the most durable thing if you're dropping it on the gravel all the time um the other thing i've noticed is um the abs sensor has a really long wire which it could be something that's um just been cocked up when the bike hit its pre-delivery inspection um or it could be just an annoying niggle but it's um 
I'm pretty sure this is what was causing an annoying vibration noise at about 4,000 RPM as I was decelerating. I was getting this sort of noise from behind the TFT, I thought. And then I was having a look and just iron the Brembo brakes because it's got Brembos. Um, and um, yeah, I just saw this wire and saw it was sort of touching where this noise was coming. I was like, oh, that needs to be secured a bit better. Um, so there's like stupid little stuff like that. Um, that sort of gives away its origin. Those sorts of things are. Uh, I was about to say that. Do you think these sorts of niggles are a reflection of the Chinese building quality um, more so than a design? I mean, I, I noticed it when I had the G three ten GS, which you know is is out of India, but it's a BMW. But it's the only BMW not made in Europe, um, and and just just little little tiny little things that that weren't quite as bmw as say you know the 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 g the the bigger bikes yeah i think that's exactly it is um and that's what you're sort of getting in for at this price point um like you're not getting like you pay extra for perfect build quality and nothing to fill around like literally a small like two cent zip tie i'm pretty sure is going to fix that vibration issue um and it'll be a thing at the dealer like hey can you just secure this better like it's under the tank goes under the tank down to the abs pump or wherever it goes um and it's just the length is too long between whatever's happening underneath the fuel tank and the sensor the sensor as well it's um one of those things that sort of makes me think that this bike's not designed for heavy off-road use apart from the fact that it's got limited ground clearance and travel um, is the way the sensor actually plugs in so instead of having like a wire that sort of tucks up um, so your sensor goes into your your brake area there and it's got the unit there and the sender at the end and instead of the wire sort of pointing straight up to get out the way it comes out of the end of the unit so it sort of loops out um, and it seems like a, a small vulnerability if you're sort of plugging through lots of twigs or undergrowth or something um and yeah it just seems a bit vulnerable to damage um so but yeah. for 12 13 grand it sounds like a, a quite well sorted uh lamb's bike oh yeah and, and I it's say, good fun I, I don't say that to um to put the bike down i say that as a as a positive because there's not a lot in the lambs category that you can go out adventure touring on yeah um, like there's you, the klr klr vstrom and this currently oh and the trk 502 honda cb 500x but those are both 500 ccs um where this is a 650 this one's pushing pushing the the limits of lambs yeah yeah so it's it's definitely got all the bases covered for adventure touring um you wouldn't want to hide off-road it i don't think it's just it wouldn't be particularly comfortable that said it's got a reasonably comfortable seat um though i'm sort of rocking a tailbone injury at the moment so i can't particularly comment on how good the seat is long term um the foot pegs i've got nice big thick rubber inserts that with an allen key you can pull out and then you've got cleated pegs um handlebars three-way adjustable like and adjustable um levers like there's a lot of value in there um, if you and a massive this. TFT that I do want to come back to. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm impressed that it's got fully adjustable suspension, um, and you know all those other bits and pieces that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, let's dive into that TFT now. When we say TFT, we're talking in a color LCD display. Yeah. But not touch sensitive. No, not touch sensitive. Uh, it's all controlled off your left switch block. Um, it's got two rider modes with um, like a ride mode, which is a standard riding mode, and an off-road mode, which I think I said before has got this really cool, uh, the taco changes from sort of a wavy line to full-on knobby tyre, where it changes colour to red as you're getting up into the RPMs. It looks awesome. Um, very clear and easy to read, and um, like most TFTs, when it gets dark outside, or it's sensitive to light so it'll switch to a dark mode um, and the dark mode for the ride mode um, is really cool looking um, so it's a trick bit of kit it doesn't have all the features of say a ktm 390 tft does which is a smaller tft com crams a whole lot more info in um, but you've got 
a lot there. So the bike comes out of the gate with tyre pressure monitors, which you can get into through the TFT and see what your tyre pressures are without having to find a gas station and plug it in, all that kind of shit. Um, you've got the two rider modes, two odometers, um, a clock, gear position indicator. Uh, what else? Uh, that's most of it. Um, oh, you got connectivity. Fuel gauge, yeah, fuel gauge. Not a huge fan of the way the fuel gauge goes. It's got a lot of, I think it's got about nine or ten just bars, um, and it's quite hard to discern how many bars you've got left um, if you've only just used a little bit of fuel sort of thing. Like It's a niggly thing, but I think they could have designed the fuel gauge part of that a bit better. Um, oh, temperature gauge. Um, and it's got connectivity to your phone, which I played around with last night. Um, so I got... Um, you can pair your phone and I paired my Cardo both to the Moto Marini. So it's got two channels to pair with. Um, and I was able to play music through it and control the music straight off the handlebars, which was great. Um, it also can do calling, but because I have no favourites set on my phone, when I paired it, it came up with like no one to call because I'm Nigel Nomates. Um, but you can do that as well, which it's quite nice. It's a shame it doesn't have um, mirroring for like Google Maps or anything built in at this stage, but there'd be a nice addition down the line sort of having maps because it's a huge freaking screen. If you could just overlay the Speedo over Google Maps or something, it'd be great. Brilliant. Moto Marini X Cape uh, sounds pretty good for a learner or even a fully licensed rider to escape. Yeah, it's. I had nice escape out into the hills. Um, like I said, it's it's got all the features there. It's just got a few tiny little niggles that, uh, for the more discerning rider, they'd probably turn their nose up to. But like, it's a price con- price conscious buyer's bike. It's the bike you're going to get if you want all those features. If you want fully adjustable suspension, nice te- modern TFT, switchable ABS, and everything. Which, come to think of it. As a 650 adventure bike in the current market, it's the only one with switchable ABS. Um, it might even be the only one, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, if the TRK502 has switchable ABS, and I'm not sure. I think it does. Um, but it's the only 650 adventure bike with switchable ABS, as far as I'm aware. So it's got that going for it. Um, so if you can put up with sort of those little silly things, um, I think it's well worth the... 13 grand uh you can definitely do a lot worse all the information photos and full stories up at onthrottle.co.nz you can check out the youtube channel as well matt yeah that's just uh youtube.com slash on throttle um, and i've got a first impressions video up there and i guess i'd better get my a into g and do a full review video as well so uh yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> work to get those done before this podcast comes out so, Ray, you've been riding something new as well. Tell me all about it. I sure have. Uh, last week, uh, during one of our what seems to be quite frequent rain and um, and, and thunderstorms, I shot down to uh, Motorazi, who are the uh, beta agent in Wellington, among many, many other brands. Um, and I picked up a brand new Beta RR430, uh, completely road legal. And I was, I'm going to have to pick your brains on this, Matt, because it doesn't have ABS. It's an enduro bike. It's basically a dirt bike. Yeah. Um, It weighs half the weight of the Tenere 700. It comes in at less than 120 kgs, fully fueled and ready to go. Uh, But it's road legal. Um, So before I dive into the bike, maybe you can try and clarify for me uh, how that happened all right i can i've done an actual couple of stories on this uh, one of which is on onthrottle.co.nz the other you can read uh, in my column in the new zealand herald's driven magazine at driven.co.nz uh, essentially what's happened here is that particular bike has been exempted from the abs mandate um, so it is done on a bike by bike basis the dealer basically fills out the exact same form that you would fill out if you were trying to register a left-hand drive car or um, a, some other kind of weird thing the left-hand drive cars sort of makes the most sense um, and yeah basically they fill out this form they pay a fee send it off to nzta and nzta decides whether or not to allow it on the road and 
it's been used about 80 times or so that I'm aware of this year. Um, so there's definitely a few enduro bikes this year since that mandatory ABS came in in November that have been registered for the road using this exemption, including the 430 you're riding. Wow. So I feel quite privileged then to uh, to be riding such a beast. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I talked to uh, the MTA, the Motor, Motor Traders Association, and they're sort of trying to get enduros exempted as a rule, same as what they've done in Australia, um, and there's a whole lot of faffery involved to do that. Um, but essentially when it comes to enduros and registering them for the road, if you really want it and you've got a dealer that's happy to do the paperwork, it is doable as exemplified by the bike you're riding. So the Beta 430, the Beta RR430, I can't forget the RR. Um, it is a 430cc or 430.6cc uh, single banger. Uh, as I said, no ABS. It is a dirt bike, plastic fairings. Uh, it's water cooled, but there's no header tank. So you just take the cap off the radiator. Um, it's an absolute beast. It's got two riding modes, sun and rain, one button <laughs> to switch between the two. Uh, it's basically the same as the Beta's, the, the RR range, the 2020 RR range that you and I headed to the Coromandel to test uh, a couple of years ago, Matt. Geez, that feels like a lifetime ago, but I remember I loved, I think it was the, was it the 390 and the 430? Um, I loved those bikes because they were just so easy to ride like just and the um the rr 300 two stroke um pretty much the entire range shares the same chassis as far as i'm aware there's just different engine sizes and configurations but the 300 two stroke is very popular with um with the enduro the competition enduro riders the likes of brad groombridge and uh Dylan Ball, ex um, or pre, uh, former uh, trials New Zealand champion, he's riding enduro now, and he's on a 300 two-stroke, which um, I actually got to catch up with him during the the weekend just been uh, at the second round of the enduro nationals. Yeah. So what was what were you doing at the enduro nationals? Because you're not an enduro rider <laughs> or enduro racer. Um, no, there's a story there. Um, <laughs> so I am, no, you're right. I'm not an enduro rider. I'm not a competition rider. I'm not fit. I am, I've got the dad bod going on. Um, but I am a reasonably seasoned uh, trail rider. I've done a fair bit of trails around the North Island. Um, so I picked up the bike and uh, I, I messaged my mate Todd, my usual riding, uh, riding cohort down here in Wellington. Um, and I said, we need to go out to an area on the south coast called Red Rocks. I've got an enduro bike, it's road legal, I need to test it out. And he said, yeah, sweet as, let's go on Saturday. So Queen's birthday, long weekend, Saturday, we got out there early and I was, uh, I was amazed at how capable the RR430 was. So I've taken the Tenere 700 out there, I've taken a DR650 out there, and uh, Todd was actually riding his DR650. And I've, I've got into these, these, there's a few areas where it's really, it's quite coarse sand, but it's very deep and easy to get bogged. And there's yeah. a few other sections where there's really loose river rocks. And so you've got to kind of weight the rear wheel. You've got to take the weight off the front so it skips across the top. And you've got to keep the revs up and keep the speed and momentum up so you can skip across the top without, you know, getting stuck. But also keep the bars light so the bike can kind of track where it wants to go. I didn't have to do any of that on the on the beta. <laughs> uh, I put it in rain mode and I wound the throttle on and I just went wherever the hell I wanted. Um, I've got a video up uh, at, uh, on YouTube. Um, search out Moto NZ on YouTube. You'll see that uh, the first of the series is live now, where I explain the bike uh, and I, I've decided it's the bike with people for people with ADHD. In that. <laughs> I want to go over here. Oh, look, I want to go over here. And and it's so well set up. It's so well balanced and weighted. Um, it's got amazing amounts of power, but it's also so light that in that kind of situation, you can literally just point and shoot. I never got the thing stuck. I, I Usually when I go riding with Todd out in Red Rocks, I'm the one that... Um, 
that runs out of talent and runs out of energy and I'm the one that says, yeah, I'm done, let's go back. Mm -hmm. um, on this beta, I was literally riding rings around him. He was on the DR, as I said. I was on the beta and I was like, let's keep going. He's like, I'm done. Can we go back? I'm like, no, no, no. We'll go to the next point. We'll go around here and see what's around here. <laughs> and I was having an absolute blast. Check out that video up at YouTube. My, the grin on my face is literally from ear to ear. I've, I don't think I've had so much fun on, my on a first ride as I did on that bike on that day. <laughs> I think it sounds like you need to get yourself one of those... Uh like a spot or spot tracker or something because um yeah you just need to be able to go out by yourself and have a hoon and not be held back um, what's it like to ride this thing on the road so it's a trail bike at its core what's it like on the road is it absolutely horrible is it something you can put up with does it get looked at uh it definitely gets looked at uh, in that video you'll see. So the very first ride, before we even went out to Red Rocks, I picked up the bike at lunchtime while I was working in central Wellington and I decided to ride it home that night. And I rode it through some horrendous hail and rain. It was the heaviest, It was. it's right up there with some of the heaviest rain I've ridden through. And there was lightning and thunder cracking off um, I just got out of the driveway at work and I come up to the first red light and there was a pedestrian crossing in front of me. And this doesn't happen very often, but the pedestrian turned to me as he was crossing the road and he goes, nice bike, bro, nice bike. <laughs> like completely genuinely. And, and, and the, you know when it's, your, when it's the bike you're riding that just gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling on the inside? Yeah. Um, so it is a looker. Uh, it is a dirt bike, plastic fairings uh, and all that sort of jazz. Um, I got my first taste at 100 kilometers an hour on the motorway and I felt very vulnerable. <laughs> it's, it's light. So as I said, at least than 120 kgs, um, every kind of breath of wind, you felt it. Uh, every kind of headwind, it slowed you down. Um, out of the box, they're not a fan of doing 100 kilometers an hour. You know, you've got to do a decent break in. They're a race engine. So you've got to break them in properly and you don't want to sit at a constant revs at 100 k's an hour. Yeah. The bike, once it's broken in, will happily do 100, 120, probably a bit more, depending on what sprocket's on it. Um, I got the, the I, can't, I can't remember the exact configuration, but they, um, the guys at Matarazzi, they removed the cat. They did full race spec on it. They removed the catalytic converter. They took the spark arrestor off the tailpipe. Uh, they put the, the the sprockets on it that bring the top speed down but boost the bottom end torque. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a brilliant bike. I mean, I can pop wheelies in it first, second, third gear all day, any day, um, <laughs> regardless of the terrain. But it also comes on Maxxis full knobbly tyres, which are sketchy AF on the tar seal, and even more so on wet tar seal. <laughs> um, so it's it, that, and they'll wear down so fast. So it's not the sort of bike that you want to be. I don't want to commute on it because I don't want to ruin the tires. But I know the bike will handle commuting, no worries, because I'm very seldom doing 100 kilometers an hour. That said, uh, it's ridiculously nimble in traffic, and it's it's narrow, it's tiny. Like it would be a great bike for that, but you'd want probably super motard or 5050 uh, adventure tires on it gonna say supermoto wheels on this thing it sounds like it would be an absolute hoot uh yeah. what's, and what's the servicing like is it done by hours or k's what's what's the go there do you know yeah so that's generally done by hours uh and it's about every 10 hours which on my standard commute is an hour a day so i'd be doing an oil change every two weeks yeah but it's not a lot of oil is it it's what a liter a liter and a half max no no it's not you're right and 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 to be fair like you are you're talking hours the service manual dictates hours but you could probably stretch that out if you were commuting on it not that it's the commuter like i'm not yeah. i'm not trying to sell it to anyone as a commuter um you, well, you it doesn't have a key or a, it doesn't have a key it doesn't have a steering lock or no, anything like that right. it's a dirt bike like you there is want to there drive is a steering lock Oh, is so there? if you put the bars hard left, there's a keyhole in the uh, in the steering stem kind of area, and you can lock it. But there's no key ignition, and it's not keyless, not like the Harleys where you have the fob in your pocket. Yep. There's literally just no key. You can walk up and start it any day, any time, wherever it's parked. And also with it being so light, 
so light literally two very unfit blokes could literally walk up pick it up and take walk away with it sort of thing exactly yeah. uh, if you put if you put a brake lock on it there's probably not much stopping you putting it in neutral whipping it up onto its back wheel like we did the bmx's back in the day and walking down the road with it yeah um so <laughs> although it's road legal and you could ride it into town it's not advised um, but you mentioned the enduro so i mentioned I, I was at the um second round of the enduro champs uh in moonshine on monday of queen's birthday weekend um i found out a couple of days after picking up the bike that i'd been entered into round two of the enduro nationals <laughs> um, who entered you who, ne- who did the dirty on you <laughs> um so uh i've i've known a guy called pesky um peter kempthorne who's a better service agent based out of hotafenua uh for a few years um and when he found out that i was going to be having a a a go on a beta as or a beta i've got to start saying as um as a as a you know a test bike he messaged me and said uh have a chat to justin who's the uh, one of the organizers of the new zealand uh enduro champs and I messaged him and I said, you know, would it be silly to expect to come out for a ride considering I've spent 30 minutes on this bike, it's brand spanking new. And I got a message back saying, um, no, you'll be right. I'll see you on Monday. I've entered you in the novice category. <laughs> and I was I was like, okay. But it's it seemed like just something silly enough for me to not turn up, or turn you know, turn down on. Yeah. Um, so I... Uh, organized to go out on that shakedown ride on the Saturday and, and I got amongst on the beta. I showed up there um, and, and for anyone listening who's never been to an enduro before or doesn't know how an enduro works, it's very similar to a car rally in that, hang on, Siri's going to kick in now, go away Siri, it's very similar to a car rally in that you would have um, you would have timed sections throughout the day and then you have an allotted amount of time and like a um a uh what's the word a an average speed to maintain on the touring sections between the stages um and then of course at the end of the day the fastest person through all the stages is the winner um so that's essentially how an enduro works uh i started 34 minutes behind the front runners i got a chance to catch up with jake whitaker and um, Brad Groombridge, uh, Dylan Ball, all those big names. Um, Dylan Yebri was there as well. I think he won the weekend. Uh, he's a cool cat. Yeah, he's a and local so boy. I got, yeah. Um, so I, I got a good chance to catch up with these people, find out how the event worked and get some tips from them. But when it came down to it, we'd had a week of rain around Wellington uh, and we were riding in um, rocky forestry tracks and... Uh, and and slushy pine forest so i was never going to do very well (laughs) Uh, i spent a lot of time on the ground i made it uh through tt1 uh out of breath i toured along to tt2 at one stage i came i i was coming down through this grassy knoll and there was a mound of dirt which the trail went over and any normal person would just go okay i'll go over this mound of dirt but no 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 ray over here went i don't need to go over the mound of dirt i can go around so i got off the the dirt trail onto this grassy knoll went kind of slightly downhill hooked a right to come back up and that's where the 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 wet grass caught me out and i just couldn't (laughs) get back onto the track so i wasted probably five minutes fart assing around trying to get it up into second and third gear to rock the crap out of the bike to get back on the track Uh, a few more corners um i come down this hill i missed the arrow saying turn right get off the main road and onto this track um i went around a left hander and then there was a big x on the trail and i went oh hang on the trail's back there i need to turn around go back up the hill and get back on so i wasted another minute there Uh, i got into tt2 um and uh, i made it halfway through that before i overheated the bike oh and I don't want that to be a reflection on the Beta 430 because it, it's a, it really is a good bike. Uh, the only reason it got it overheated or it came close to overheating was my average riding skills. 
uh, in the hands of anyone more talented who could actually keep on the gas and keep the air flowing through the radiator, that bike would have been, you know, it would have been, it could have been a competition winner. You know, there's no reason why it couldn't in the hands of a Jake Whitaker or a Dylan Yebri or a Dylan Ball. But uh, in my hands, no, I, I overheated halfway through TT2. I got to, I stopped, let it cool down. I rode it up to the logging track and I sat there and waited for a marshal. We had to refill the radiator and then I took it back to the car park with the tail between my legs <laughs> and I pissed off home. <laughs> but you had a go. I had a go. I had a blast. Um, and it was a whole lot of fun, and I've got the beta for another few months, which is quite cool, so we'll be doing a whole lot more content. Um, anyone listening, we're getting a lot of some a lot of cool reels on Instagram, uh, which we're pumping out on the Beta Motorcycles New Zealand Instagram channel, so um, search out Beta Motorcycles New Zealand on Instagram, give them a follow if you wouldn't mind, uh, and you'll see some, some seriously cool videos uh, coming out there as well as MotoNZ on Instagram, um, and and yeah. The Beater is a cool bike, though. <laughs> it looks, I've kind of, I've got the memories flowing from that 2020 launch going, oh, should it be good fun to be doing that sort of riding and that? And then I'm sort of thinking, yeah, that's a lot of effort involved, and I need a trailer, <laughs> and I need to get my hands uh, on see, the I'll proper... Tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you what we need to do, Matt, is is uh, maybe next month, uh, I meet you in Topor and we go to uh, a trail ride like Boom Buster or something. You bring Rosie the Rally, I'll bring the beater up, and we'll, we'll, we'll put the two head-to-head around a trail ride. That sounds like quite a appealing idea. Definitely. Definitely keen. I think I should probably order myself some dirt gear, some proper... Uh, enduro or MX boots just uh, to be safe uh, but yeah I'm keen definitely keen speaking of gear um, because I've got the better I've done something similar um, so if I can um, dive in here and tell you about that that'd be that'd be great yeah, tell me all about it so I've spent a lot of time in in bottom rung and mid tier gear for you know for a long time, and I'm a daily rider. I commute every day, and I'm, God, I'm so sick of motorcycle gear that says it's waterproof, and then you go for a, a, a thirty minute ride into town, and through some mild mist and rain, and you get to work looking like you've pissed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I am so sick of having to take take a change of clothes because my waterproof gear is not waterproof and i've tried outer gear i've tried layered gear it's just uh. so i pulled the pin and i spent some coin uh, and i did get supported by the guys at motogear.co.nz on a brand new set of rivet component gear now this is from the rivet dirt range and it's seriously cool so we've got the component pants and the component jacket uh, this is all CE rated. This is this is good stuff for riding on the road as well as adventure or trails or whatever. Um, it come the jacket has elbow and shoulder pads, and there's heaps of room in the jacket to wear a back protector or something underneath. And the pants have knee protection, and that's pretty much it. Um, it's very light gear, so the pants come with a thermal layer inside that's removable, and otherwise they're they're laminated, so they're waterproof. The jacket, no thermal layer, just um, laminated outer shell. Uh, you've got arm vents, chest vents, um, and and I think it looks fantastic. Usually I'm not one to go for black riding gear, but I got the black component pants, I got the black component jacket. The jacket has a removable hood. Oh, cool. Uh, I've taken that off because riding through the bush with a hood's not a good idea. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, as I say, I pulled the pin, I went top tier, I got some decent rivet gear, which I am absolutely stoked with. So you went for a ride today in the rain, did you? Like in this gear, tell us how it went. I, <laughs> I, yes. So I woke up this morning about 6.30 this morning with thunder and lightning and the rain was absolutely howling down and I went, for the first time in a long time, I went, <laughs> yay, it's raining and I have to commute to work. Uh, so I was on the T7, but uh, as soon as I rolled the T7 out of the garage, it stopped raining. <laughs> oh, typical. Um, and then during the day today, we got thunder, lightning, power, power cuts. We got incredibly heavy rain. 
And by the time I got out of work, it had stopped raining. I didn't see any all the way home until I parked the bike and then it started raining again. So I, I can like tell Murphy's you law. so far, <laughs> exactly. I haven't got wet so far. You're wearing the Revit. It hasn't <laughs> rained, but I haven't got wet. Well, it has rained, just not while you've been wearing it. That's I contemplated <laughs> putting it on at lunchtime today while it was absolutely howling down and just wandering outside, but I didn't. Um, but to go with the Revit gear, I've got an Arrow Wrap helmet. That's W-R-A-A-P. Um, I've checked the picture of the graphic that I went for, Matt, which is not something I'd usually go for up in our little show notes there. I think it's seriously cool. It invokes for me feelings of the self-titled titled Blink-182 album from the late 90s. Um, it's kind of a graffiti uh, blue at the front, pink at the back with this white um, kind of cartoon cross-eyed dead face on the side of it. Um, and I think it's a fantastic <laughs> looking helmet. It, it looks the business. I'm a, I'm a wee bit jealous with all your, uh, your new kit. Don't be because I'm broke now. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to save up for some things, so um, I'll resist the urge to go and splurge. Um, but that's some cool-looking kit. Speaking of cool-looking kit, there's um, one last thing before we go. Um, Pack Talk and KTM have joined forces. Yeah, it seems that every week we have um, something to do with Cardo uh, involved on the podcast. Uh, not that long ago, the Cardo Pack Talk Edge was announced. You and I have had ours for a couple of weeks now. Um, and the Cardo Pack Talk Edge, uh, Cardo have uh, collaborated with KTM. So for any of our uh, tangerine loving friends, there's now a tangerine flavored Pack Talk Edge, which is bright orange. Yeah, so I haven't read the press release for this, even though it's been sent to me twice. Um, does it offer any extra functionality for KTM bikes or is it literally it's just another piece of cool KTM kit to go with your KTM jacket and your KTM helmet and your KTM boots and your KTM gloves? As far as I can tell, it's just a KTM branded pack talk. But if you're the sort of person like Birchie who's got, you know, the the black and gunmetal grey with orange accent helmet, then the orange branded KTM Cardo pack talk edge uh, might be the go. Uh, at this stage, we don't have pricing or availability, but expect that to be in the country inside probably the next uh, 60 days. And I can't imagine it would cost any more than the Pack Talk Edge standard, uh, which is coming in around the 650 mark for the single unit or the 1100 mark for the dual pack. But uh, do you want me to just to run through a couple of lines of the press release that we got, Matt? Yeah, go on, because I haven't read it. <laughs> uh, Cardo Systems and KTM have joined forces to launch a special edition unit of the premium Pack Talk Edge. The KTM Pack Talk Edge is a compact, light, and uh, is compact, light, and perfectly syncs with the advanced tech, power, and thrills the, that KTM riders will feel through their handlebars. The KTM Packtalk Edge is a top-of-the-range mobile communication and connectivity unit for riders uh, and has been especially created for orange bleeders, they say, ready to share their experiences, whether ripping up the tarmac, terrorising trails, or getting ruthless in ruts. Um, looking at the specs, uh, 1.6 kilometres um, line of sight DMC 2.0 range, up to 15 units in a um, in a group via that DMC. Uh, JBL 45 millimetre speakers, noise cancelling microphone, um, FM radio, USB fast charge, 13 hours of battery life. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much the same. Pack Talk Edge unit that we spoke about last week, but it's in bright orange. And I actually, I mean, I'm not a KTM fan, but I've got nothing against KTMs. I actually quite, I'm digging the color. I'm actually, I, something I thought about while I, when this first came out is I wonder if you might see, um, you know, like wraps or um, some way to, to customize your your cardo because seeing this orange has just made me think man imagine if you could get like a really nice blue one or you know a hot pink one or something like that oh i'm sure you could do it you need someone clever who has a uh, a cricket 
what are they called? Like a sticker printer or like, um, my wife's got one over here and it can print stickers and cut vinyl and do all sorts of magic things. You need someone clever to like come up with a template that you can just bang on. Maybe that's a million dollar idea or like a, a couple of thousand dollar idea and I should do that and that will go towards my next motorbike. <laughs> So photos and more details on the KTM Cardo Pack Talk Edge uh, up at onthrottle.co.nz and motonz.com. And just before we do go, I want to say thank you very much to motonz. Uh, sorry, thank you very much to motogear.co.nz. The team at Derby's, they looked after me with me, me gear. Um, and if you want to see photos of that, motonz.com, and there'll be links to uh, to it if you want to check it out yourself. Don't feel that because I'm saying thank you to them um, that my opinion of the gear is swayed in any way. Uh, if it leaks or it's crap or it falls apart even though it's revit i'm gonna tell you so don't think that uh that you know they've bought our um <laughs> our positive reviews they haven't <laughs> and i'm pretty sure tal would be quite annoyed if uh we gave you know if we said it was great when it wasn't yeah uh, i've i've had some experience with that top tier revel, revit level gear um like i say every time i see the big derby bus um, and there's a big picture of the um, old Poseidon GTX jacket on the side of that which I had and it was the best jacket I've ever had and I wish I stole it <laughs> uh, it was yeah some great stuff but um, I'm looking forward to seeing how you go with this component gear eh? Yeah, um, yeah, you'll have to test it out hopefully we get this uh, planned ride that we're hoping to get achieve in the coming weeks done and uh, you can show it off to me there absolutely Otherwise, uh, this has been Kiwi Rider Podcast. Um, all the stuff that Matt talks about is up at onthrottle.co.nz or go to YouTube and search out on Throttle NZ. All the stuff that I talk about is on uh, motonz.com or again, YouTube, uh, search out motonz. We're both on Facebook and Instagram and even I'm on TikTok. Did you know that, Matt? Yeah, I should probably follow you or whatever. I have a TikTok, but I don't put anything on it because I don't particularly trust TikTok. Um, I don't get it. I'm showing my age, but I don't get it. I like watching the stuff there. There's some cool stuff on it, but I don't get how to put stuff up. But I'm always putting stuff up on Instagram. Yeah, I, um, it's, yeah, Instagram does everything TikTok does as far as I'm aware. and So does YouTube now, but it, it's all a big mess and it's social media and it's pure evil. And um, Hey, look, a dog. Hi, dog. Like, comment, subscribe. If you want to get hold of us, we'd love to hear from you. Email podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Check out the latest Kiwi Rider magazine at kiwirider.co.nz. Lots of awesome motorcycling goodness. It's all digital. We're not killing dinosaurs and... Um, both Matt and I have some input on that magazine as well. Otherwise, keep the rubber side down, throttle on, hit that like button, as I said, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. <laughs>